Thank you, Jesus. What a great time where we have celebrated and worshiping together. We hope that you've enjoyed the presence of God right there wherever you are listening and watching as God speaks into our life. We celebrate and worship him. God is not constrained by our lack of assembly together. He is very present with us everywhere. We have been challenging all of us as the body of Christ at Christian Faith Fellowship that we would be the church outside the walls. God is giving us an incredible opportunity to be that church, to live our faith, and to be and make an impact in the world around us like never before. As we open today's service, we made some suggestions and things that you can do as we live our faith tangibly in the communities that God has strategically placed us in to be his ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share the good news. And so therefore, in your community and where you are, the places that God has placed you in this strategic moment of our lives, I want to challenge you that you would be his hands and feet, the tangible presence of God in an ever-needing and needful world and community that surrounds us. Those of you that know Jesus as your Savior, you have had him impact you and you know that your life has changed. The word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. Therefore, when you come to know him and you surrender your life to him and you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there's an affirmation from God. It is not given to you by the church. It does not happen to you because you're baptized or because you say certain words or you do certain things inside of a religious context. Salvation is a gift from God that He gives to us in our heart and soul that transforms who we are and gives us a brand new start on life with Him. Therefore, if you have begun that journey with Him and you have received Him as your Lord and Savior, you know that your life has been changed. If you have not yet had that encounter with Jesus, that absolute knowledge that you know. Many people will share with me when they find out I'm a pastor and we're talking about things. And people make these comments like, I hope to make it to heaven. I hope to be there. I want you to know you can know you're going and you can know it because of what God has done for each and every one of us. What he is doing through Jesus Christ in our lives. We want to talk about two sections of Scripture today that will address two aspects of a relationship with God and how Christ wants to impact you and your life and through you impact others. And we want to have this absolute understanding of what an experience with Jesus Christ means in our life and what God wants to do with that experience and that encounter with Him. So we're going to begin in the Gospel of John, in the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read to you a section of Scripture that most of us are familiar with. If you've been around the church at all, you've read your Bibles, or you went to Sunday school when you were a kid, you know the story of the Samaritan woman. Before I go into that story and read those Scriptures to you, I want you to understand that in these days, the Jews themselves saw themselves as God's people only, and all other people were lost. And it is in this very setting of the disciples being Jewish, being with Jesus, that they are passing through a non-Jewish community, Samaria. And in this setting, we find Jesus meeting one of these pagans, lost people. Eventually, he came to Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus Tired from the long walk, 
sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you, and you are, and who you are speaking to. Let me reread that for you since I messed it up. Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift of God that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. If you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as we read this extensive little story in this impact, there's so much that God wants to say to us this morning, specifically this morning about this matter. No one is beyond God's love, no matter what you've done. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to place your trust in him as your savior today. I want you to understand something, that the enemy is a liar, he always has been, and he's trying to convince people that they can't be saved, they can't be forgiven, they're beyond hope, they've talked about Jesus. Now look, I want you to hear this from the story that we just heard. This Samaritan woman had heard about Jesus. They were worshiping God, but they did not know him fully or understand him completely. I want to say to you this morning, it doesn't matter what you've been taught about him or what you think about him. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. He made this proclamation to her. He is making it to you and to me today. No matter what you've done in your past, no matter what kind of a life you have chosen to live, no matter what life choices have brought you destruction or brokenness, 
God loves you. He desires to have a relationship with you. He did not condemn her for having five husbands and living with someone currently. He simply revealed the fact that he knew. And yet, he was still talking with her and revealing, giving her a revelation of who he is. I want you to know you are not beyond his love. God wants to save you, no matter what situation you find yourself in this morning, no matter where you are in your life, no matter how messed up it is, no matter how many life choices you've made wrong and the result of those choices has been brokenness, I want you to know that God loves you and He loves you enough that He is pursuing you in this very moment that you might have an encounter with Him. The golden text of the Bible is John chapter 3, verse 16. Everyone knows it. You've heard it. You've seen it at sporting events painted on a poster. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let me read verse 17 for you. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I want you to know the very same way that Jesus spoke to that Samaritan woman who had been married and divorced five times and was now currently living with someone in a place that was a pagan land in brokenness. The same way that Jesus came to her and revealed that he knew all about her life. He did not condemn her. And Jesus is not here to condemn you because of what you have done, what you've experienced in your life, or even where you find yourself today. God loves you so much that He came to remove the condemnation that all of us feel when we're living in sin, when we're living in brokenness, when we're living in disobedience to God. Whether you are raised in the church or not, whether you even know God or not, I want you to know that God knows you. He knows where you've been. Nothing you have done or could do would embarrass God or make Him afraid of you. He loves you. And when Jesus came, God declares to us that Jesus was sent not to condemn us, but that we might have an opportunity to be free from condemnation because the life of sin already condemns us. Whatever you do in your life, you know this. Anyone that is hearing my voice right now, the Word of God says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Therefore, every one of us have experienced sin in our life, direct disobedience to God, things we knew we should not do, we did anyway, and that is the absolute definition of sin. And when we do those things, there is this momentary fleshly satisfaction, but there is this lasting condemnation, this brokenness within ourselves. And when Jesus came, He said, I'm not here to condemn you. Sin has already condemned us. Ladies and gentlemen, we are condemned because of sin. And in this moment when Jesus offers himself to us, he says, I can remove that condemnation from you. I want to give you something that you cannot have any other way, life and hope. So in this very moment of our service, I'm going to do something I've never done in all the years that I've been a pastor over 30 years. I'm not finished with the message, but I want to walk you through something to prepare us for the next steps and what God has. First off, I want to challenge you to stop letting your past life choices determine God's love for you today. He loves you enough to offer you a step out of your brokenness into new life. I want to invite you to encourage you, to plead with you, to come to Him today as your Savior.
simply have to ask him. God is ready and willing and ready. It is a work of God. You can't earn it. You don't work for it. You just simply ask him and invite him to come into your heart and soul and be your savior today. So if you don't know him, I want to encourage you to join with me in this prayer. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We know that Jesus Christ came into the world, gave his life for us on the cross of Calvary, that he rose on the third day, that he did this so that we could be free from our sin and enter into relationship with you. God, we declare that truth today and we receive that offering from you, that amazing gift. In this very moment, God, we welcome you into our life. And in this moment, as we repent of our sin, we turn from it and face you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've said that prayer with me, would you please contact our office. There's going to be information at the end of the service where you can reach out to us. We want to help you as you begin a new journey with Jesus Christ. I want to take us in the next step of where God is leading us this morning. Once we encounter him and we have received the message of hope through Jesus Christ and it is real in our lives, there's something that happens to us And once you know that He is your Savior and you've had that realization moment where we take the Word of God and He affirms it in our spirit by the Holy Spirit, I want to follow along on this very same story of the Samaritan woman in John 4. Beginning in verse 27. Just then, you know when that was? The moment Jesus said, I am. Here it is. The disciples came back. They were shocked to find Him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? (laughs) Before I read any further, I want to say this to you, that it doesn't matter what people think about you or the people you're engaging with in conversation as long as it's about Jesus. And these disciples were like shocked that he would speak to someone like her. Jesus came for people like her, like me, and like you. Let's go on with this encounter. What do you want with her, or why are you talking with her? A woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from a village to see him. Here's the challenge to those of you that have just made that, that prayer of faith and receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, and those of you that already know Him, I want to challenge you by what we just read happened in this encounter with Jesus. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, the woman left her water jar beside the well, ran back to the village, telling everyone, I want you to know you have a story to tell. If you know Him, You have a story to share with others. You don't have to be shy about it. You need to let the world know that you know Him, that you've had a personal encounter with the Creator of the universe, and you've experienced for yourself new life through Him. Share that story. She simply shared an encounter with Jesus. She did not engage them in a debate. She did not try and prove them of who God was. She simply shared a story that she encountered Jesus for herself. Who are you sharing your encounter with? Have you told your family about Jesus? 
Have you shared with your neighbors about Jesus? The people you work with, your friends, who have you told your story to? You don't need to be in entering into a theological debate. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't. Just tell your story of Jesus. Look at what the lady did. I begin again reading in verse 29. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So she doesn't come in there saying, you need Jesus right now. I want you to know, I met someone who changed my life. This could be the Savior of the world. And she wanted them to know so that they could have the experience and the possibility of meeting Him for themselves. As we continue reading in verse 30, it says, So the people came streaming from the village to see Him. Skip down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I did. So, I I want you to hear that. It's so critically important because many of us are afraid to share our faith because we say, I don't know enough. I'm afraid of what they might ask me. I may not know how to do it. Look what happens right here in the Word of God. It says, all they heard was, I've met someone who changed my life. Then they were wondering about this individual who had changed her life. And they came out to find out who he was. She didn't quote one verse. She didn't give them a tract. Not that I'm saying you shouldn't do that. She simply gave them an invitation to meet Jesus for themselves. And people responded. Look, I, uh, I want to say this carefully so that I don't offend and I'm not trying to, but I want you to hear me. We're not called to debate people into heaven. We're not called by God to prove He exists. He does exist. He begins the Bible with a statement that says, in the beginning, God, he does not explain himself to us. He just says, I am. That's exactly who he introduced himself to Moses with as his name. I am. Therefore, we're not here to prove to the world that God exists. They know he exists. What we want them to know is who this God is and what he's done for them. We are simply here called by God to share our encounter with Jesus and our story with others. (laughs) I want to continue reading in that very same story in that illustration of Scripture and listen to what it says. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Man, that is so awesome. I say praise God. God, you are so amazing how you have chosen to reveal the message of salvation, the gospel message of hope to the world through ignorant, broken people who have had an encounter with you, whom you have chosen to reveal yourself through so that others might know who you are for themselves. See, we see the connection. They believe because of her story, but then that belief became personal. Do you see how that worked? I heard you. I believe what you were saying. Something in this woman that everyone obviously knew because of her reputation in that city believed something about her having an encounter. And it drew their attention enough that they would hear and listen for the possibility of a personal encounter for themselves. Now we believe not just because of what you told us, 
but because we have heard him ourselves, now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Many in the church have based their faith on what they've heard and what they've been told, but are yet to experience a personal encounter for themselves. It's great that your grandparents, your parents, or whoever talk to you about God and Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But you must have a personal encounter for yourself where your faith engages who He is for you, that you know that He is the Savior of the world and that He has come for you to redeem you and your life. (laughs) From simply hearing being interested in the story to having a personal encounter to now having their own story. Now I want to turn the page for a moment. We're going to go into another pagan land, the land of the gatherings. A broken land, a broken people. Again, not Jews. But Jesus is leading his disciples along on this journey. And as they come off the lake onto the shore, there is someone there that everyone in that region knew. We know him, if you read the scriptures, by the name Legion. He was given this name, although it was not his birth name, but it was given to him because of his brokenness, because he was possessed by demonic presence. And we understand that the name Legion comes from the Roman soldiers over a certain group, and so we know that there was more than 1,000 demons in this guy. Now, everybody knew about this guy because he was naked, crazy. Everyone viewed him as something wrong with him and out of his mind. But he was possessed. Oftentimes, they tried to trap him, tie him up, chain him, and he would get away. Everybody in the region knew him. In this moment where Jesus comes to the shore, this legion comes forth making a declaration of who Jesus was. You know the encounter. As the legion comes, Jesus commands the demons to leave him alone. When the demons speak out of him, and they say, don't just cast us into the abyss, I want everyone to know this before I read any further. Our God is more powerful than any demonic presence, any spirit of darkness, any brokenness, any sin. Our God is more powerful than anything. He is not intimidated by anything. And in that very moment, he commands the demons to go into the pigs. You know the story. The whole herd of pigs run down the hill and drown in the lake. We pick up the story in Mark 5, verse 14. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. Okay? Very similar, I want you to hear this, a very similar type story as what we were just reading about the Samaritan woman. Someone had an encounter with Jesus. Someone ran and spread the news. And here's what's going on. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. They were all afraid. I mean, when God manifests his power among us, people sometimes freak out. Verse 16. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. 
And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. I want to contrast these two stories. The Samaritan woman ran out, told everybody what was going on. They came out, heard him for themselves, and they entered into relationship with God through Jesus Christ by their willingness to engage who he was. These people here in this scene come out of their towns and the surrounding communities. They run out to find out what just happened. And instead of personally engaging Jesus for themselves, they're scared to enter into anything with him and instead tell him to leave. In verse number 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. (laughs) So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. We just pause here for just a minute. We were asking if you've shared your story of your Jesus encounter in your life with anyone. Not everyone's going to be receptive like the people that the Samaritan woman went to. Some of the people that are around you are going to reject your message and they don't want Jesus. That shouldn't stop us from sharing our story. You see, Legion wanted to go with Jesus. Oftentimes we want the Lord to take us into a different place, into a different setting, a different go somewhere other than here. And if anyone had an excuse to go with Jesus and leave where they were, I would think it's him. When everybody there was saying, no way, get out of here, we don't want you around, there would be the natural thing for us to say, then he should have went with Jesus. And Jesus says, nope, go home to your own people, tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. See, God hadn't given up on them just because they said no once. (laughs) Thank you, God, for your mercy. I had the privilege of growing up in the church. I had the privilege of knowing God's story. I was told who He was. God Himself called to me many times and invited me to have a relationship with Him. And I would tell Him no. (laughs) I thank God that it wasn't over because I said no the first time. So grateful for all the times that I told him to get away from me, that I'd meet him later, that he was faithful and merciful in chasing me down so that I could have a personal relationship with him. He continued to call me. Look, those of you that have heard him and said no to him, I want you to know you're not beyond his hope. He has sent me, like this legion, to tell you once again, he loves you. You have not gone too far. He wants a relationship with you. Those of you that know him, I want to encourage you today to share your story once again. Man, you may not want to talk to your family because you were ridiculed. Maybe your friends have abandoned you. Different things have happened as a result of you sharing your faith with them. Much like what we read about the Legion where people are just pushing you away as a result of you knowing Jesus. But I want to encourage you today. Tell your story once again. Tell your family about your encounter with Jesus. 
Tell them who He is in your life, how you've experienced Him, what He's doing in your life even today, especially in these times that we are living in. Would you let them know what God is currently doing for you as a result of that moment you said yes to Jesus in your life? As I said earlier, if you don't know Him, today's your day. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you have a story to share. Please share it with someone today. Not tomorrow, not next week. Today, let people know about this relationship you have with God and make it real. I want you to know that we realize and God's Word declares to us that we can't save anybody. Only God does that. But we share our story with them to invite them to meet Jesus for themselves so that God Himself can encounter them through us. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. You're the salt of the earth. Therefore, God has chosen me and you to share that story of Him with other people that their lives might be impacted by Him. I want to say a closing prayer. And again, I want to reach out to you. Reach out to us. Let us know what God is doing in your life. He loves you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for this encounter in this moment. Not just for those that are joining us live. But to each person, you're going to pass this message to throughout social media, the internet, families and friends. God, I thank you for the impact you are going to make, you are even currently making in people's lives. You have called us for such a time as this. You are using the situations around us. There is no fear in God. There is this perfect peace of a relationship with you. God, we trust you in this moment of our life. We trust you forward. We give you glory today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. May God bless you today, all through this week as you serve him faithfully, church. Go and be the church. Thank you.